This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 29. Today's episode is all about making happiness a lifestyle. If I'm happy, I spread that healthy, joyful, uplifting, high for life energy to my kids, my husband, my cat, to everything. It goes into this big energy pool of the world and it goes far. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hey, friends. First off, Mind Love is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can get all of your favorite podcasts. It has a super clean layout, and you can create playlists and download episodes to play offline. It's my personal favorite and where I listen to all of my podcasts. Don't worry, you can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a try. Second, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, and leave a review if you can. Reviews really help to entice more amazing guests, plus it helps me grow the show, which ultimately helps me give more value to you guys. Today's episode came at a really great time for me. For whatever reason, I was hit with a lot of raw emotion this week. I don't even know where it came from, but a shaman was recently telling me that when you're on an upswing, a lot of times your shadow side will show up just to mess with you, to test what you've learned a little bit, I guess. As someone who feels really deeply anyways, this shadow side can suck. And combined with my loud-ass inner critic that I talked about in last week's episode, all sorts of negative thought patterns can arise. When your situation changes, there can come with it a whole new slew of insecurities and limiting beliefs. So as I was trudging through these swampy thoughts in my head this weekend, what came up was, who are you to try to help other people be happy when you can't get your shit together yourself? But here's the thing. No one is sunshine and butterflies all the time. That's not the human experience. And today we're going to learn how even these negative emotions can be forms of happiness. Our guest today is Jacqueline Pirtle, arguably the happiest person I've ever spoken to. She's an intuitive energy healer, medium, and author of 365 Days of Happiness. She leads life-changing workshops and talks all over the world, helping people claim and choose happiness. Since I recorded the interview before my little Debbie Downer weekend here, I got to use some of her methods, and I have to say that they really do work. Today, three key things we will learn are why happiness is so important, why most people have a hard time being and staying happy, and how to make happiness your normal way of living. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to sign up for the Morning Mind Love. You'll get short daily reminders of your own beauty, worth, and power so you can start each day with a positive mindset and keep your vibes up between episodes. To sign up, visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. 
You'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get our exclusive Powerless booklet, which is an awesome free booklet based on proven principles from the most successful people and some of our favorite guests. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation set at the Miracle Tone, which is known to help attract love, health, and abundance into your life. The layered affirmations perfectly tune your frequency for personal transformation. So be sure to head to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. Now, let's welcome Jacqueline Pirtle to the show. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. I'm excited to be here. When I first heard your story, I was really struck by what you had to deal with as a child. It's something that most of us would never even consider having to deal with. Tell us about that. I grew up in Switzerland, was born and grew up and raised in Switzerland. I'm a redhead girl. So back then in Switzerland, where I grew up, it was still said and believed that redhead girls are witches and they're not safe. And really, when you think about it back then, it was just still that thought. And so there was a lot of like teasing, bullying, drama, that kind of stuff, and a lot of loneliness. But ultimately, that's where I started being super duper happy on my own. And then later in life, I met my husband and he's uh, from America. And then my story continued into uh, living and being in America and having children here. I can't even really imagine what it would be like as a child for people to be afraid of me unless I was actively going out to be a bully. Honestly, I'm not sure I would have handled it as well as you. Was there a moment or a turning point where you thought to yourself, well, if I'm going to be happy, I'm just going to have to do it on my own? Well, it was less of like, a, you know, this aha moment never really happened. I think I was too young. It was just kind of like I was drawn to, you know what, all right, then I'll just be happy by myself. It's not like I was on a crossroad in that age and thought, okay, I can either be miserable or I can be my own happiness or what. It was more just I just did it. I was drawn for it. It was just like I, I would say that my passion in every cell just kind of pushed me towards it. And so I just created my happy bubble inside of me and with myself. And of course, I had some friends and whatnot, but it was best for me to be on my own, not say too much because you never knew what people are going to say. And it was just that time there still. Back then in Europe, they were just still talking about that kind of stuff. And so I just really went inward and just had my happy chit chats with everything. I talked with everything, you know, with the leaves, with the feathers <laughs> and uh, with my own being. But I was little. I, I mean, I didn't really get what this is all about. But now today I became best friends with my whole being, not just physically, but also with my mind, you know, and with my soul and consciousness in my now. And I just focused always on things that made me giggle and happy. And when I ate, I just really tasted it. And I was a very sensitive kid, too. I was always said, oh, you're so sensitive. But what was then really made it into the power for me now. Because to me now, with who I am today, through all these troubles and whatnot, that everybody has those, you know, the story. To me, it's my story made me who I am today. And today, I can honestly tell you, Melissa, my biggest, grandest superpower is my happiness. It really is. I handle everything that way. <laughs> That's one of the best superpowers I've ever heard. 
I feel like a lot of people take the opposite approach where they think, well, if I accomplish this, then I'll be happy. Or if I make this amount of money, I'll be happy. Or if I have kids, then I'll be happy. But you started with the happiness and you even wrote a book on the subject, 365 Days of Happiness. How did that book come about? What was your inspiration? Happiness is my passion and I started helping people like I've always all my life I helped people even when I was little but I didn't really grasp what this really is and then even when I was old people asked me for advice and I just always had an answer but it was not my answer with the work as an energy healer what I do is I just know I feel and I know and it's channeled through me and so I always helped people and then it came kind of cleared to me that that's actually what I want to do for work, right? Which, you know, it's not even really work. It's my passion. And then I started uh, guiding clients and helping clients here and there. And, and it just became more and more and more. And then, you know, I just always focused on helping them feel. I love helping people feel because that in itself is happiness. And even when you feel sadness, that is happiness. Because when you have a good cry, you know, you got a good release and a good cleansing of your energetic being. And that is an amazing, happy, feel-good feeling. And so I based a lot of my work, most of my work, always to help people claim their happiness, their happiness, because it's not mine, it's not yours, and everybody feels it a little different to just really feel good. And then in 2017, you know, we were sitting around the table with some friends and New Year's Eve, and then I just said, that's it, that's what I'm going to do in 2017. I'm going to just devote every single day to my happiness, to what I do, my thoughts, spiritually, what I'm guided, right, and write it all down every day. And I had it on a blog first, and it helped a lot of people. And then it was just kind of, you know, growing into, okay, this is going to be a book. I'm going to make a book. I'm going to write a book and then at the end of 2017 I thought to myself okay I better do that now <laughs> I said I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and that's what became the book it's a step-by-step -step guide every day it has a passage that really helps you and teaches you and shows you that with whatever is going on in your life you don't have to change anything with what is right now how to shift the way you're feeling and seeing and thinking of what is happening into a happiness feeling into feeling good I call it my high for my feeling right I'm I'm really really happy about it <laughs> I even love how often you say the word happy <laughs> because our words do affect our reality. But I really love what you said about how a good cry can be happiness also. There are so many emotions that carry this negative connotation, but we can stop and sit with it and redefine these things for ourselves and really figure out, wait, why do I think this is a bad feeling? Like, what if we were thankful for these feelings, whether it's anger or sadness or these emotions that really make us human? What if instead we looked at these emotions like gifts to discover more about ourselves or to interact with the world, like guidance guiding us from one direction to the next? That alone could be a really powerful mindset shift. How else do you stay happy? Do you have any must-do happy tips? The must-do tips is to really commit 
to want to be happy. I mean, it's the first step, right? It's like you go in the kitchen and you want to make dinner. You have to commit. I'm hungry. I want to make dinner, right? It's the same thing. Without that step, nothing will really happen. Well, you might have somebody that surprises you with dinner, but that's the thing. It's like then you're eating off of somebody else's plate and it's not really yours. And it's the same with happiness. You know, it's like you can peek a little bit here and that person's happiness and take a little from that one up. But it's like you stick a finger into a cake that's not even yours, right? Wouldn't it be better exchange if you just really say, that's it. I want to live a more vivid and fulfilled life. I just want to feel better. And then you say, that's it. I'm going to commit to happiness, you know, and I'm going to practice happiness. To me, being happy is an art, right? You practice it and then you make it your absolute priority that you feel good. And then you go out there and you be it, right? Because to me, happiness is you and you are happiness. It's never separate and it's always there. You are meant to be happy. It's your natural state because it feels good. We're not here to suffer. We're here to feel good, to learn how to feel good at all times. You be happiness, right? It's like a package deal. Everywhere you go, you have the choice to say, that's it. I'm going to turn this into being happy, which means feeling good. Really, Anytime you feel good, that to me is happiness. And it can be as simple as that, right? And when you then practice that, and like, for instance, in, in the morning, I get up but every day when I open my eyes, I practice my book, you know, and I do self-care, like I meditate, you know, I light a candle, I'm very conscious about stuff, and I commit that I am going to feel good today. I'm going to do whatever it takes. But my message is that you don't have to change anything. So if you're angry, for instance, that can be happiness too, because anger, everybody has it. It's an energy. It's a feeling. And it's a very forceful and powerful feeling. Think about it. Anybody that's out there saying, I am just not so powerful or strong, whatnot. You know, I have to say, actually, that is not quite correct. Because have you ever gotten angry? And then they say, of course, right? Everybody has. And they say, well, that powerful, forceful energy is you. And that is power. You are powerful, right? And when you use anger for the right reasons to get you out of a situation or to go mow the lawn or when you're angry or clean your house, I mean, you're going to get it done so fast. And that is happiness too. When you then focus on how good it feels to be angry and go clean, for instance. And then the moment, every feeling has that. Every situation, everything you do, it feels good. And then there comes a moment when something does not feel good anymore. And that is when you consciously acknowledge, okay, I was just angry. It felt good. I cleaned the house. I'm still angry. Wait a minute. Right now, it doesn't feel good anymore. There's that shift. And that is when you go and choose something else that would make you feel good. Like, you know, eat a piece of chocolate, make yourself a tea or uh, sit down and meditate and, and, and feel every breath in and out because every breath is life for you. So you have everything, always something with you right there that you could focus on and, you know, or put on nice shoes that make you happy or watch children or something to just really grab that moment when it doesn't feel good anymore and then shift to something that does feel good again. And that to me, that's happiness right there. So with a lot of people, it seems like their happiness comes secondary. It's kind of this ideal notion. It's pretty common to hear, well, I have all these goals or I have a family or I have a job. Is it selfish to focus on my own happiness? 
For starters, it's pretty simple. A happy life is a fun and fulfilled experience, right? So, I mean, if you feel good and if you make that your goal, you're just going to have a very fun, fulfilled experience. And then as a happy and good feeling being, you also have a healthy physical body, right? And I'm not saying a healthy physical body, you can never have a headache. I have headaches too, but even the headaches talk to you. Even the headaches are messages from your physical body saying, hey, you're messing up. <laughs> you're not taking super care of myself or I need rest well that in itself acknowledging that and saying oh my gosh thank you headache I love you so much thank you for telling me I'm gonna take care of you right now and become best friends with it that's happiness too so you actually have a good and healthy physical body and then you have a mind that produces joyous thoughts when you're feeling good and you're happy right and your soul is easy to connect to. When you're happy, you can really easily connect to yourself and your intuition, to who you are, right? And you get answers. And the consciousness part that you are becomes really vivid when you're happy. Because when you're happy and you look around in consciousness, what's happening right now, you just really acknowledge and feel and experience everything as a very, very vivid and strong. And that's one of the biggest reasons. Because when I'm happy, for instance, you know, my health peaks, I know what I need, I can talk to my inner being, you know, everything goes right for me, even though maybe it doesn't look on the outside, it goes right, but it does, because I acknowledge it, and it's going right for me. And I just experience my life extremely vivid. I call this my high for life state, you know, I live in my high for life frequency when that happens. And Number two, I don't want to pressure any of your listeners in there, but I really see it as everyone's responsibility to be their best happy. And I really base that on the fact that we're all connected. We're all energy. Nothing is ever separate, right? When I'm happy, I spread and share my happy energy with everybody else around. And it's a ripple effect, right? And when I'm angry and happily angry, that's still okay. But when I'm unhappy and I'm angry and frustrated and sad and in a hole or whatnot, well, then I spread that too. And for the energy pool of the world, working on yourself to be the happiest, best you can be for yourself means something, right? Because you matter. When you're happy, a big part of the world is happy. And I have a third reason, which is I believe, believe very, very strongly that our truth in this physical life is to be and live happily, really. Because when you're happy, it feels good. And I believe that we're here to learn to feel good and to reach that point of happiness where I can say, I'm really feeling good, I'm happy. And I mean, I also think that everybody deserves to learn to achieve that. And that's part of why I wrote that book. Okay, I have to touch on what you said about an angry happy. I've never even heard someone use those words together like that. It would be more common for someone to say like, okay, I'm feeling angry. I need to shift this to happiness as fast as possible. But having that appreciation for that one human emotion is almost liberating. I know that sometimes when I feel angry, I can feel, I call it my lower self, sort of pulling. It's almost like misery loves company. And I can feel an instinct to lash out to those around me or even just respond in my grumpy voice. And you start to spread it to those around you. How do you start to break that loop when you're turning your struggles into happiness? Right. I mean, first of all, the biggest, the biggest thing is to relax, you know, to relax and acknowledge, okay, I'm angry or I'm lashing out. 
right? And then take a deep breath because it belongs to our physical experience called life <laughs> to do that. That's just the first thing. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's old recordings. It's from when you grew up. Maybe you were not conscious at that moment, really in your now or not. Take a deep breath. When you don't feel good, take a deep breath. Relax. Say it's okay. And then acknowledge, I am sad right now or I am angry right now, and it's okay. When you do that, you already feel the pressure go away, right? And then the next one after acknowledging would be to accept, respect, appreciate, thank, and love what is, right? So, okay, I'm relaxing. Okay, I'm angry. I accept, respect, appreciate, thank, and love my anger because ultimately it's part of me back in time it may have helped you and it may have saved you from a situation well right now it doesn't feel so good to do that but when you do that you basically let go of any resistance you have towards that anger and you also let go of any judgment it's okay you're angry all right that's fine right and then you arrive in some sort of a clean space for me like it's just clean it's good right you acknowledged it you don't judge you uh, let go of any expectations in how it has to be and from that clean space you can then say all right what would make me feel better right now if there is something that is right there like i mentioned taking a nice breath and focusing on that that could make you feel better making yourself a cup of tea with honey in it could make you feel better being kind to somebody turn the whole ship right around right you lashed out well now i'm kind i'll do the opposite that could make you feel better right or serving somebody could make you feel better sometimes it's a nap go to, <laughs> if you're tired go take a nap you know reset basically do whatever it takes to make yourself feel better. It's not so much about trying forcefully to be happy. It's really without any expectations in a relaxed state to see what makes you feel better. And you know, when you ask yourself that, you get to know yourself really good too. Your connection to yourself. When you ask yourself three times a day, what would make me feel better right now? You get to know yourself so good. You get wisdom that you didn't have before. And then moving forward, so you're now in that state where you're like, okay, what would feel good? So then you need to trust it and really respectfully do it too. And then focus on staying feeling good, right? And you can do that. I mean, I, I work, I have a family, two teenagers. So we're busy, busy, busy bees, right? But my focus is not on getting things done. My focus is always on feeling good. And when I feel good, you get things done so smooth and in the flow. And then when you hit something during the day that actually does not fit for you, then you're also okay with saying happily, no, thank you. And then you move on, right? So you stay in your middle that way. You get things done and you constantly nourish your whole being, your body, mind, soul, and consciousness with good feeling energy. So you, you constantly have a good energetic field and moving forward like that, it's just, it's magical what happens. Right. We ignore our bodies so often and we kind of think like, oh, well, we can just mind over matter everything. But really, we should learn to look to our bodies and our emotions as tools to gain insight into what's going on and what needs to be done for ourselves. I love the idea of looking to our emotions and asking, well, why are you talking to me right now? And what are you trying to tell me? Do I need to eat? Do I need rest? Do I need to unfriend this person? 
I don't have children yet, but it reminds me of how a mother communicates with an infant. You constantly have to read these little signals from them about what they need and how to keep them happy. But we also need to be able to take those same cues with ourselves and our own bodies and our own emotions instead of ignoring it and trying to will ourselves into a different state of mind. Absolutely. And you know, Melissa, that is beautiful how you said that because you're a baby too, you know. <laughs> we're all a baby. You know, we all have a baby inside of us and we're all babies and our skin didn't change. We still love touch and we <laughs> take care and whatnot. But the other thing is it's just to really relax about everything. I've seen it and heard it, especially since I came out with this book. I've heard a couple times already. It's just so hard to be happy. It's just so exhausting to be happy. It's almost like people People are a little on the scared side of being happy because in their mind, it's this happiness of constantly jumping, smiling, laughing on a trampoline. But that's the point. Happiness is whenever you feel good. You can have a headache and talk with your headache and get so much aha moments out of it that that can feel good to you. Well, that right there is happiness right there. So the expectations of happiness. I told somebody that said to me a while ago, it's just so exhausting to always be happy. And then I looked at her and I said, you know, that's because you do happiness. Happiness is not something you do. Happiness is something you are already and it's something you feel. It's an energy, right? You don't do happiness. As long as you do happiness, it's exhaustive because you're constantly searching for the next trampling, jumping moment that gets you completely <laughs> high. But that's what this is all about. Happiness is something you are already first of all it's always present always you can stare up in the sky it's always there and it's like when you stare up in the sky it's so much happiness there you can even chit chat with the sky and say hello sky so how are you making me feel today or how do i feel about you today or what can i learn from you you will always get an answer so there's always something there but most of all, it's really to understand it's not something you do. It's something you already are. You're never separate. And then it's something to get yourself feeling, right? To become one with it, to, to never be separate again. And that's when it becomes a lifestyle. It's not exhausting. It's actually exhausting and the other way around. It's like, wait a minute, love feeling good. I really love being happy. You know, you kind of get addicted to it. So... I love that way of looking at it because since I have done a lot of self-work, it's like I have this vision of where I'm supposed to be. And sometimes that can get muddled with, oh, but why do I feel this way? Maybe I haven't grown as much as I thought. And then I get down on myself and then I've got these negative thoughts and then it kind of spirals. So just relaxing into it and dropping my expectations of where I'm supposed to be and what happiness even looks like is just really eye-opening. Yeah, it is. You know, it happens to me too. I'm not exempt to this. <laughs> I'm in this physical experience with everybody else too. It's when it happens that then you like, oh, I haven't accomplished as much or whatnot. When you do that, it all boils down to your expectations. And once you let go of every expectation you have about being happy or how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to feel, 
it's when you let go of these expectations and then the next step would be to accept, respect, appreciate, thank and love everything that there is. That's it. You will come in a, such a calm then and that right there is happiness because you're letting go in how you think it was supposed to be. And, you know, the most magical things will come towards your way because you're then so open for whatever comes. Things that you didn't even have an idea that they existed for you or they, or they would make you happy when they happen will happen. And you're like, wow. Right. And it's all because you let go of everything. You just let go. You touched on this a little, but you've worked with a lot of people in finding their happiness and guiding them. So what are the most common reasons that people have in being and staying happy? Because of expectations, it usually boils down to having expectations. It's like you go see a movie, okay? If you know a little bit about the story, if you go with expectations in exactly how it has to be, you're probably going to have a hard time enjoying it <laughs> because it probably won't be that way. But if you're saying, I'm going to go see that movie because the title, whatnot, the story interests me, I'm excited, I'm open for the movie. You're going to come out of there. And if it happens that in the middle of the movie, it may be shifted away from that story because it was a nice surprise from uh, the movie filmmakers or whatnot, you will go with the flow and you're like, wow, that was cool, right? And you went in a direction that you didn't even know it's going to go. But if you have set expectations, there's a pressure cooker, right? So you create a lot of pressure in how something has to be. And you may actually come out of that movie completely disappointed, right? And not feeling good versus, you know what, I'm open for whatever. My main goal is to go to this movie, to sit there, relax, and just have a good time and feel good. You're going to love it. You might actually love a movie that you normally would say, that's not my style. It's not my kind. Or really? Me? No. So and that's really, the expectations is a big, big pressure cooker. And when you expect something, it's also like, it's going to be really hard to relax to just take whatever is coming and shift that into a high for life situation. That to me is one of the biggest ones. And then the next one will be in order to really feel happy and become one with the happiness you already are, right? And to say yes to it, you have to have a connection, right? I mean, you're different components. You're a body, your mind, your soul, and your consciousness. And if you don't have a healthy um, happiness environment and each of those components, the connection is going to be maybe nothing or maybe just a little. And it's going to be really hard to feel happy, right? I mean, a healthy body, physical body, is capable of feeling good, right? So I always say like, eat clean food, drink a lot of good water, you know, bless what goes into your body, have fun with your body and fall in love with your body and exercise, you know, move, right? Go with the normal flow of life, which is always moving, always changing. Your body is meant for that, right? And then in your mind would be to acknowledge all the thoughts that you have, that we all have, that are not feeling good and acknowledge Say you look in the mirror before you go to work and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I kind of look hard today. Well, acknowledge that you just had a thought that's not aiding you. It's not helping you. It's not really feeling good. And turn that into the opposite. I'm beautiful. You know, I, that's it. Go back in front of the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. And then go to work. It will shift your energy. And so, and in the soul is anything that you practice that touches your heart. 
holding a baby or snuggling a furry friend or listening to moving music, anything that touching feeling inside of your heart, that really nourishes your soul of who you really are. So make sure that every day you practice to take a deep breath and just feel how it goes and really practice it and focus in it and then the consciousness that you are is really in your now the power of your consciousness is in your now to really pull yourself you can even set an alarm on your phone that pulls you once an hour into your now and then just sit for a second and just breathe and feel your now how beautiful it is no matter how hustling and bustling everything around you is no matter how many things that you feel are a problem or an issue let them go, accept them as a gift, and in your now, find that feeling good moment. And when you do that, when you practice that in all of your components to really create a healthy happiness environment, then your powerhouse, your whole being is a powerhouse of happiness. And that means then you can actually really feel it and become one with what is actually already present there. We talk a lot on the show about manifesting the life we desire. And part of that is visualizing. A lot of people even say to be as specific as possible, like our perfect life or our perfect house or our perfect partner. It can be easy to get frustrated when it's taking too long or maybe it doesn't even pan out the way we pictured. How can we make sure that in the process of manifesting, we don't accidentally create expectations that can lead to our own unhappiness. Right. Well, first of all, without falling in love with what is right now for you and who is right now for you, it's going to be really hard to manifest anything you want because, you know, you can also call it being grateful for what there is. But I would take it even a step further, right, to first of all, let all expectations go. If you're there, you have a situation and you feel like it's not going right for you. That's only because you're expecting it or you have it in your mind that it has to be different. First of all, that's something to really just let go of it. It is what it is, right? And then acknowledge it. This is what's happening for me right now. Then I accept, respect, appreciate, thank and love what's happening for me right now right? And then from that space on, you then came to the conclusion and the feeling, the energetic vibration and frequency where you're at is that you are okay and fine and maybe even in love with what is right now. And then from there, from that neutral space, because you're not judging anymore, you have no resistance anymore, you're grateful for what is. And that feels good. And then from that feel good place, you can then start visualizing all the other things you'd like on top of that or changes you'd like. You can start journaling and write them down. You can start saying them in a mantra. You can collect pictures and put them everywhere. So you can talk to people you trust and like in how you see it, not how it will be, how it is already, and then go out there and live it. It boils all down to if you feel good and you focus on feeling good and you are your happiness, you be 
and live it with being is like your whole being, you know, your body, mind, soul and consciousness. You know, you are your happiness. Right. And then you live as your happiness. You go out there and you compliment people and you tell them how wonderful and make them feel the best ever about themselves. Then you raise your vibration, you raise your frequency so high that in that high for life frequency, anything you've ever wanted exists. But it's not that it cannot come meet you down there in the frequency where you don't feel good and you judge or you're like uh, sad or mad or frustrated about what is happening. It needs to be the other way around that you are gonna start falling in love with what is right now and you change your perception of what is right now and you take it as it's fine right now it's great right now I'm in love with everything even if it's a headache I'm in love with my headache because it's speaking to me it's meant for me it's telling me it teaches me it gives me understanding and then you work yourself into feeling good in a high for life frequency and up there is anything you ever wanted you got to go up it's not going to come down to you and to me it's a practice that's every day and it's just amazing like you don't even have to change anything then if you focus on the change you're kind of like staying in the frequency of not wanting it right but if you just say I'm not going to change anything anymore I'm just going to be happy all day long I'm going to feel good all day long I'm going to celebrate my tears I'm going to absolutely applaud my anger and I'm just going to shift and turn everything into just feeling good and I'm that's my focus anything that is good for you meant to be for you that you want and it fits in your heart's desire right and what your heart journey is will happen it's all gonna open up for you you're right and I think it's really common with women especially and mothers even more so to feel like it's selfish to focus on ourselves or on our own desires but it's so important to understand that these desires are our soul's calling. They're in our highest good. Where you find your joy is a cue from the universe as to where you are supposed to be, what you're supposed to be focusing on. Those areas are where we can provide the most value and have the greatest impact. But I think it's also important to understand that where we find our joy isn't always directly giving back to other people or creating something of value and so directly related to purpose. You still indirectly give back by giving to yourself, treating yourself to something that you want or you deserve. Because in doing so, you're taking care of your own energy. We spread our energy with every interaction, with everything that we touch or we create. So if we can care for ourselves and bring our highest energy, our highest frequency to all the things that we do, it's going to have a ripple effect. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I agree. If I'm happy, I spread that healthy, joyful, uplifting, high for life energy to the ground, to the floors in my house, to the walls in my house, because it's energy too, right? To the food. When I cook and I'm happy, <laughs> I feel that food that I'm cooking with happiness and then people will eat it. So they get a junk of that too, right? And then I spread it to my kids, my husband, my cats, you know, I spread it to the flowers outside, to all the birds, to the animals, to the subway car riders, to everything. It goes into this big pool, energy pool of the 
world and it goes far it goes all the way around the world and that's why it's so important it's like i always say if you're happy it, a big part of the world is happy a big part of the world is also healthy you matter your happiness absolutely matters it really does you actually work as an intuitive also and you mentioned that you were extra sensitive to energies as a child and most children are and we are supposed to be these sensitive intuitive beings but we've lost a lot of that connection so i'm curious since you're one of those people who did not lose that connection and instead deepened it enough to work in the field when did you realize that those sensitivities were actually gifts? And how did you begin to cultivate that into something that you could actually work with? Right. I mean, when I was younger, it's just I didn't really understand. I was just very sensitive, felt everything and was just able to see through people, you know, and had all these input from everybody around me. And so I didn't really realize what it was. But I think and I believe that because I was alone a lot, I opened up to it. Right. I was not really always busy and whatnot. So I had the time to really go deep into that. And it just aided me a lot of times all the time actually like I needed an answer for myself I just kind of figured it out and it was amazing and then later in life when I was a little bit older as people popped in my head and I just knew they needed help they needed to pick me up but they needed to hear certain words so I lived in a smaller city and I just hopped on my bike over lunch break and went to that person with a little gift or something and just hugged them and told them how amazing they are and it always hit the nail always and so it made them feel good it made me feel good the world seemed like a better place and everything was fine again and also with animals it was just for touch and whatnot so I started slowly but surely realizing what that is and then I was just really interested in all metaphysics and learned a lot about it read a lot about it and then I met my husband and knew that's the one that's the one from a picture it was really incredible but anyway so not to go too deep into that but it was just really amazing that I just followed what I was given and everything worked out uh, very well. And then I had children. To me, Melissa, it really is that our kids choose. They choose to come into our family. They chose us to be the parents and they come as our teachers. It's a partnership when they come. To me, it's like this harmonious dance between parents and children because they choose us, they come into our lives as our teachers, as much as I am their teacher. And then we kind of have this harmonious dance through their upbringing, where at times, for instance, when they're uh, babies, you know, it's like I teach them how life works, right? But they're really, as babies, a spiritual teacher to the parents, if you're open to it. And it helped me to realize that and really be open to it and take their spiritual teaching because you learn a lot about yourself when you have a baby. But on the other hand, I teach the baby a lot about how physical life works because they don't know, right? And then there is a change later in life when it turns around again. Like when they're teenagers, for instance, to me, it's like I become their spiritual teacher and they teach me more on a physical level because they're so strong or, you know, they're like, move, move, move and do, do, do. So and if you really go on with that flow, then you're going to be a really active parent and a really fit parent. But on a spiritual side, 
side, they're trying to find themselves in life. And I can really show them on a spiritual level and be their teacher there, but not through telling them, more like through me developing my spiritual being and showing them through doing, right? And then when they get older and then have their children, then they become my spiritual teacher again and because then through their kids they're learning a lot of spirituality and whatnot and new stuff and new thinking whatnot so it's always a spiritual harmonious dance between spiritual and physical and in that dance you change around what teacher you are but to me having children and really opening up to that because I was given that information right I was guided to do that it really opened my gift up incredible and then it's just been an ongoing learning right I just never stop learning and I'm just always really really connected with my whole being and my spiritual side and my soul and my guides and through them I'm always guided to learn different new stuff and this is how that book existed I mean 10 years ago I didn't think I'm gonna write a book right and now I have this book and sometimes I look in it and read it I'm like when did I write that right because it flowed through me it's almost like the book found me to write and I just couldn't say <laughs> couldn't say no or I just said well I guess I need to listen. I want to listen. I'm going to do it. And it changed me. Even writing that book, my gift and my work and my passion, I just became even more clear about everything and more connected. So it's really about staying open and listening and trusting what you're guided to do. I really love that visual of the student and the guide kind of swapping places with parent and child. I think it's a great concept to keep in mind, no matter what you're doing, to ask the universe, what are you teaching me right now? What is this here for? I've had to do that a lot with things that I've dealt with in my past. Sometimes even now, it'll just hit me like feeling like I just screwed up my life. In those moments, I have to remind myself or sometimes even ask again, what was that purpose? Oh yeah, I went through all of this maybe so that I can relate to more people on a deeper level. Maybe I'm here for a bigger reason and to get there, I had to be dragged through the mud. It's a process that takes a lot of trust that everything happens for a reason whether or not you know what that reason is. Oh, absolutely. It's like everything is always meant to be. Whatever is in your awareness, it's there for you. Think about a feather coming down in front of you. It happened to all of us, right? Like there's this feather just coming down. Have you ever thought about where did this feather come from, right? Well, that feather has an energy like everything else. Everything is energy. Everything carries a certain energy. Well, that feather comes down in front of you, right? It's not just a feather coming down. It's an energy coming down in front of you. You can have a chit-chat with that feather. I chit-chat with everything all the time. And I'm like, okay, so hello, feather. You know, what are you for me, right? Thank you for being here. I love it. And well, maybe a feather, if you think about it, a feather carries the energy of light, right? It's very light. It's fluffy. And it kind of goes with the flow and it's almost like a dance, right? It's very gorgeous dance how it comes down. Well, if you are consciously 
realizing that and thinking about it and feeling it and seeing it and smelling it and tasting it and hearing the feather, right? In full bloom, how it comes down from you, you can ask it, what do you mean for me? And the feather might say, well, you're too heavy, lady. <laughs> you're too heavy. It's not good for you. You want to be a light person, right? Especially today because of this and that and that. And then you can actually really feel yourself into the energy of the feather and then fill every single cell of your body with exactly that healing energy that you are so in need of. Otherwise, the feather would not be there for you. And that's why everything in your awareness, maybe somebody would say, oh, but that takes a lot of time. I'm very busy. I tell you what, sure, you're busy, but then you focus on being busy and you're missing all the rest, right? Versus to turn things around a little bit and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on feeling good and what's in my awareness. And besides that, I do my work. Your work is going to go like a flow. It's going to go light, right? It's going to go amazing. And you, you kind of then live your life from your heart. And that's usually when everything goes right. If there was one thing that listeners could do to really jumpstart their happiness practice, what would that be? The most important thing I just want to say is just relax, relax, let go of all expectations, accept, respect, appreciate, thank, and love everything there is. And just take that invitation of life every single morning, right? Pretend your new morning, your new day is coming and picking you up, you know, and waiting downstairs in the living room for you to get out of bed and rush out of bed and get dressed and fly down the stairs and then go say hello. And then the day says, hey, are you ready to dance? And you take that hand and go dance with whatever music comes. It doesn't matter. Just go dance and shift and turn it around and make it a feel good play day for you. That's really the sum of what I wanted to say to your listeners, because it's possible and you deserve it too. And you're here for that. Well, thank you so much for spreading some of your happiness with us. It really is contagious. And I feel like it's just so important to realize that happiness starts with a choice. And so thank you again for giving us some little tools, tips, and tricks on how to act on that choice. For listeners who are interested in working with you or learning more about you, where can they find you? Well, right now I'm all about the book because it just got released in March. And uh, so and I'm in love with that book. You know, I gave it wings to fly. I always say I wrote this book for the world, not for me. So I gave it wings. I hope it's flying far and beyond to whoever would like to learn how to be happy. So I'm all about the book. But I do have a website at uh, freakyhealer.com. And I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, under the name of Freaky Healer. I have uh, openings once in a while for sessions, be it a one-time session where I have programs like a three-month program. On my website, if you go on the post, you can subscribe to my email list and get my almost daily posts about happiness and inspirations. But you also get three golden tips to being happy guide. It's a free guide that you get and it touch bases on what we talk. So you kind of have it in writing. One of my biggest takeaways from this episode is the idea of shifting our perspective or our expectations really of what happiness really is. 
We don't have to be smiling or bubbly all the time. Happiness can be a part of all of our other human emotions. I can totally see how this becomes so much easier when we're looking at our emotions with gratitude, understanding that it's how, as humans, we're processing our experience here. If you love this episode, please share it with someone who could use a little happiness in their life. And if you have a moment to spare, I'd be super grateful for a review on iTunes, or if you're listening on CastBox, leave a comment. I read every single one. To those who've reached out with a story or a comment or feedback, thank you so, so much. I'm so grateful for you. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. Thank you.